welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 200. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. 200 episodes. Oh my God. And you people are still listening. There's either something wrong with you or something wrong with me. Because here we are, 200 episodes into this thing. I'm going to guess there's something wrong with me. Um, but we won't get into that right now. Uh, yeah, so this is our 200th episode. Thanks for sticking with me, especially when I do things like insult you, as I did at the top of the show. So, thank you. I have done a show, this show, every week since January, I don't remember the exact date, but sometime in January 2016. I have only missed one week since then, uh, in April of 2017, due to an unexpected emergency room visit and hospital stay that totally messed up my production schedule. You know, American healthcare. You know, everyone thinks the problem is health insurance, but really the problem is messing with people's podcasting schedules. Um, so I missed that week. It still bugs me, but I did. Um, I have done every other week. I had done every week before that and every week since, trying really hard to entertain you folks, and you've stuck with me, so I appreciate that. Speaking of sticking with people... Uh, here's somebody that inexplicably people keep sticking with. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. Rocket Man, the movie on Twitter, posted a few days ago. SpaceX launches a Tesla Roadster into space via the Falcon Heavy that displays the shape of the Earth in documentary film Rocket Man. There's a link to the Instagram post for This is Rocket Man. Quote, a few things to note to those of you who are so kindly sending us messages and expressing your thoughts to us. Close quote. We realize, oh sorry, not the close quote. There's more quoting to be had. And here it is. We realize Mike could have sent up a balloon and went higher in an airplane and seen better than his rocket. You could be missing the point. The film isn't about the flat earth. It's about the adventure and the experience of guys building and launching a rocket in the desert. The film is good fun whether or not whether or not you agree with Mad Mike and has a great message for those for today's divisive America. So go check it out at www.realrocketman.com for more info and links to watch the film. Be sure and leave a review. They got a comment from one Mickey Mouse. Good try, Toby. This earth this earth, whether flat or round, is full of miserable losers who have no life and are jealous of those who do cool stuff. I invite the naysayers to come out to Amboy next time we launch, and I'll have Waldo put them to work and see how long they last. Alright. So this whole coming together thing, you know, that we're trying for here in America, it's really working out great. And our, you know, our continuing ambivalence about the existence of science, that's really getting straightened out too. So I'm glad to see that. If any of you have gone and watched the Rocket Man movie, let me know. The Apple Valley, California Mad Mike Hughes Space Launch page on GoFundMe has no money now. Still have a $2.5 million goal, but when you ask to how many donations, or when you look at how many donations I got, it says zero. But it had money in there before. Maybe they took the money out, I guess. But the account is still there if you want to donate. Flat Earth Community Rocket Launch, still flat at $8,371, but they did exceed their goal a while ago, so uh, good for them, I guess. Basically, 
Mad Mike's Flat Earth Project is flat right now. Not much going on. And this is our 200th episode, so let's move on to other things. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship. Or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. This week in news, there is no news. Well, there is. There's impeachments and shootings. And it's raining at my house. And I moved where I usually record this thing. So that I could be closer to the dog who's sleeping on the couch but wants to stay near me even though she's exhausted because we did some travel and puppy camp uh, always wears the puppy out. So I moved where I was recording so that she wouldn't have to move off the couch because I am one of those people, I guess. So let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is... I'm going out to inspect the troops. Yes, sir. Regular change today, General? This is Atari Missile Command. Millions of people are mad for it in thousands of game centers across the country. Interplanetary war is hurt. Attention all generals. Now you can get your own Atari Missile Command video game and practice saving the world in the privacy of your home. Missile Command. Only from Atari. No, not the Missile Command video game for the Atari. Not the Missile Command arcade game. This week we're playing... The Missile Command board game. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, I don't know why I made that noise, but I did. And that's right, we're playing from IDW Games, the 2018 Missile Command board game adaptation. I will pause while a lot of you turn off your podcast players. Why are we doing this? Well, it might be because board games are one of the oldest forms of entertainment after, um, you know, prostitution. Board games have been played in almost all cultures and societies throughout history. Many historical sites and artifacts, like the giraffe civilization in Iran, have revealed game boards. Senate, found in pre-dynastic and first dynastic burials of Egypt, circa 3500 BC and 3100 BC respectively, is the oldest board game known to have existed. And they found this thing in a fresco, you know, shown in a fresco, found in Merknera's tomb, 3300 to 2700 BC. Hounds and Jackals, another ancient Egyptian, Egyptian board game, appeared around 2000 BC, and the first complete set of this game was discovered from a Theban tomb that dates to the 13th dynasty. It was also popular in Mesopotamia and the Caucasus. Batgammon originated in ancient Mesopotamia 5,000 years ago. Chess, Pachisi, and Chupar originated in India. Go and Liubo originated in China. Patoli originated in Mesoamerica, played by the ancient Aztec, and the royal game of Ur was found in the royal tombs of Ur, dating to Mesopotamia 4,600 years ago. The earliest known game list is the Buddha game list. 17th and 18th century colonial America, they were really busy, so not a whole lot of time playing games, but they liked draughts, or checkers, and bowling, which I'm not really sure is a board game, but alright, and card games were not unknown. The Pilgrims and Puritans of New England frowned on game playing, And, of course, dice was the instrument of the devil. However, the game Traveler's Tour Through the United States and its sister game Traveler's Tour Through Europe were published by New York City bookseller F&R Lockwood in 1822 and is the first board game published in the United States. As the U.S. over time throughout the 19th century shifted from an agrarian to an urban 
lifestyle. There was more leisure time. People had more money uh, in the middle class. And the American home became the locus of entertainment, enlightenment, and education under the supervision of mom. Children were encouraged to play board games that developed literacy skills and provide moral instruction. Hence, the earliest board games published in the United States were based upon Christian morality, like The Mansion of Happiness from 1843, which sent players along a path of virtues and vices that led to the Mansion of Happiness, i.e. heaven. The game of Pope and Pagan, that sounds like a good Saturday night, doesn't it? Or The Siege of the Stronghold of Satan by the Christian Army in 1844 pitted an image on its board of a Hindu woman committing suti against missionaries landing on a foreign shore. The missionaries are cast in white as the symbol of innocence, temperance, and hope, while the Pope and Pagan are cast in black, the color of gloom and error and grief at the daily loss of empire. Eventually, games became uh, you know, more commercially produced. There were more games. In 1866, the game of the District Messenger Boy, or Merit, was published by the firm McLaughlin Brothers and was one of the first board games based on materialism and capitalism published in the U.S. There were more rags-to-riches type games in the late 19th century. A lot more gaming type stuff happened. And eventually we got to Missile Command in 2018, a game where you try to annihilate people people with nuclear weapons. So it's all full circle, right? We're all back to that virtuous and morality thing with, you know, Armageddon. Missile Command was a 1980 arcade game developed and published by Atari Inc. and licensed to Sega for European release. Designed by Dave Thurer, who also designed Atari's vector graphics game Tempest the same year. In 81, the Atari 2600 ported Missile Command by Rob Fulop sold over 2.5 million copies. In the video game, the player's six cities are being attacked by an endless hail of ballistic missiles, some of which split like multiple independently targetable re-entry vehicles. New, new weapons rather, are introduced in later levels, smart bombs that can evade a less than perfectly targeted missile, and bomber planes and satellites that fly across the screen, launching missiles of their own. As a regional commander of three anti-missile batteries, the player must defend six cities in their zone from being destroyed. Originally, the six cities were meant to represent six cities in California, Eureka, San Francisco, San Luis Opismo, I can't talk today, Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, and San Diego. Later in development, the game, uh, the names of the cities varied depending on the game level being played, but eventually the city names were removed completely. While programming Missile Command, the head programmer Dave Thurr suffered from nightmares of the cities being destroyed by a nuclear blast. The story of Dave Thurr and the development of Missile Command had been detailed in the book 8-Bit Apocalypse by Alex Rubens, based on extensive interviews with the people involved in Missile Command, including both Dave Thurr and Rich Adams themselves. I read that book. Uh, it is quite an interesting story. So go check that out. Missile Command is considered one of the great classic video games from the golden age of arcade games and is also interesting its manifestation of the Cold War's effects on popular culture in that the game features an implementation of national missile, missile defense and parallels real-life real nuclear war. In 1983, Softline readers named Missile Command for the Atari 8-bit family eighth on the magazine's top 30 list of Atari programs by, popular, by popularity. The board game in 2018 was designed by Jonathan Gilmore and Violet Hardrave. As global tensions mount, leaders of powerful nations sit ready to defend their people or destroy their enemies. Alliances are formed, yet fragile. Deals made, but not always upheld. Diplomacy is just as important as strategic planning and procuring armaments. Missiles are at your command, and the choice is yours. Firing your enemies or betray your allies into Atari's Missile Command. Three to six players venture into the world of the classic arcade game. Each player builds and deploys their supply of missiles, nukes, and interceptors on a mission to destroy as many enemy cities as they can while trying to protect their own. 
Each round, the players can negotiate with each other, forge temporary alliances and truces, or trading funds and funds and missiles. Then they secretly plot their attacks behind their radar screens. Finally, they reveal their attacks, and destruction rains down from the skies. So, you know, good family fun. Geek and Sundry sort of walks through the game a little bit. They seem to like the negotiation phase the best. Basically, you get three minutes to sort of plan what you want to do, negotiate with the other players, make alliances, that kind of thing. But then when you get to the attack phase or the destruction phase, they say the game, will, uh, the game threatens to wobble out of control. The magic in the negotiation phase is how it's completely unbound. Anything can be traded. Anything can be promised. The destruction phase also has little structure, but can create a few problems. When a city is blown up, the owner of that city flips the city card that's been hanging out in that space. These cards provide various bonuses. You might get increased income or an infusion of missiles, or even special abilities you can use to provide more information during planning. There are no rules for turn order during this phase, but it can matter if multiple players are reaching out for the same component limited resource. Additionally, some of the city cards are simply stronger than others. It doesn't happen often, but it's possible for a player's board to be full of powerful cards, while an opponent gets an unlucky deal and ends up with weaker ones. Missile Command, though, is chock full of tension, manages to energize a table, like few games I've played this year. I love games that get us conspiring with each other and cursing at each other. It's a light game of diplomacy and destruction, and one I'm eager to play again and again. At only 30 to 45 minutes per game, you can even afford to reset and start a whole new game. All right, so what is this mysterious Missile Command board game? Well, after the break, we give the story time segment a break this week and instead present you with an expanded field report where me and whoever I can get to play with me, spoiler, I haven't actually recorded that part of the show yet, and whoever I can get to sit down with me to play this game. We might not actually get through the whole game but we'll at least give you an idea of what we're looking at and sort of the structure of how the game goes, uh, even if you don't get to, uh, to experience a full game. So, we'll do that after the break. Go, you know, prepare your bomb shelter, haul your bottled water down there, and maybe some baked beans in a can, and uh, get ready to enjoy some family-friendly total nuclear annihilation. So we're going to play Missile Command, the board game. We have set up the, the board already. There's lots of parts here. We've got, Henry can show you his city board. That's basically where it lays out what cities you have and what cities are left. We have a, ra a thing called a radar screen. That's where you make your plans for what you want to attack. These cards are the city tiles. Uh, again, they show there's, everybody gets six of them. And then on the back, when your city gets destroyed, you flip the card over and it gives you a little bonus and, uh, and gives you some instructions for some things to do. We have scoring tokens. There's some of those. We have money. There's different denominations of GDP. There's 1, 5, 10, and 20 values in GDP. We have missiles. They're all color-coded. There's some of the green ones. Uh, Henry is... There's the green one. Um, orange today, Sophie is purple, I'm, I'm green. I'm cameraman. And special guest, There's the Jill is one. yellow today. And the purple. For purpose of, purposes of this demonstration. We also have nukes. 
or fishies, which we've taken to calling them. Shield tokens. Interceptor tokens. And the player screen. This thing, it's kind of like a little um, barrier so that your uh, opponents can't see what you're doing. It's kind of like a battleship setup uh, a little bit. In the, in the sense that you're going to lay out your plans on your radar screen, who you want to attack, and you're blocked by a screen. There's four parts to the game. In the first part, you usually with a three-minute time limit, uh, negotiate what you want to do. Um, you can buy things from people. You can um, uh, make deals. You can form alliances, that sort of thing. And here's where you do that. So... Sophie, yes, I don't know if we'll take sir. the whole three minutes or not, but go ahead and set the timer. Okay. And we'll just kind of show people what this is. Ready? Three, sure. two, one. All right. Sophie, I want to buy um, five of your missiles. Too bad. I will give you five GDP. No, missiles are two. Yeah, that's ten. Oh, no. I will give you ten. GDP. It's on your thing. Sorry, I didn't read my thing. He's right. The back of the little screen thing tells you missiles are 2 GDP each, interceptors are 5 GDP each, and nukes are 10 GDP each. The nukes, if you buy those, you attach them to your missiles, and uh, I guess it causes more damage. The interceptors um, are a way that if you have one and someone fires a missile at you, or you, nuke. Or a nuke, you can uh, intercept Get the it nukes. or knock it out of the sky, basically. Should definitely pause it for that. No, it's fine. Okay. Yes. I will buy five missiles from mom. Mom wants her money. That's not unusual. Let the record show I just got kicked under the table. Dad joke. Henry, would you like to make deals with anybody? I'm cameraman. You're oh not, wait, you're not I a player camera operator can i buy something else yeah you can do whatever you want okay. it's a free-for-all so that's the other thing with this game else. there's no turns everyone just uh does everything at the same time it's anarchy. okay i'm gonna buy an inceptor token that's a good idea for five gdp all right yeah we're just assuming that if you buy things from a person you give them the money and if you buy like an interceptor like sophie did it just goes back to the bank the instruction manual isn't real clear on that any deals you want to make, Henry? I don't know, cameraman. You're just not playing at all? all right. I'll play after. Do you want to buy anything? Everybody's Jill taking my missiles. Jill has purchased missiles. How many did you buy? Five. All right. Okay, Not less than one deal. minute. Go, go, go. 50 seconds left. What the heck? I'm going to buy a nuke. Or, yeah, on. a nuke. For $10, that's For, $10 sir. No, a nuke is only... Yeah, it's 10. 10. Is it 10? Oh, yes. Cow. All right, I guess I paid 10 uh, for it. Okay. Out of focus. How much time we got left? Oh, wait, I'm going to buy... We have 30 seconds. I'm going to stop doing that. The pressure's on. I'm going to buy a nuke, too. So let's buy All a right. nuke. Uh, any more deals you want to make, Jill? All right, Jill is... Mom is, is done. prime and ready to destroy everybody. Okay. Ah, uh, uh, no. Three, two, one. All right, phase two... Is where you make your plan. So don't, you take your little radar screen, ideally without letting two. the other people see what you're doing. 
police missiles from your supply infectors that target other player citizens yeah, and see, cities. Whatever you just bought in the previous round, you did distribute those on the board however you so desire. Okay. Mom is already done. She's speedy fast. Um, the nukes can't launch themselves. You have to attach a nuke to a missile in order for it to do anything. I don't have any. Um, I'm not playing. So you move all your resources there. behind your radar screen. I have a question. again. Oh, no, wait. I, my, I answer my question. Welcome back to, for those of you watching this video, if anyone's watching this video, uh, welcome back to Missile Command, the board game part two, phase two. So you move all your resources onto your little board, wherever yeah. you want to put them, plan your attacks, however you choose to do that. Assign one missile to each vector. Has everyone placed their stuff on their little board however they want? Okay, I guess that's the end of phase two. All right, so phase three. This is where stuff goes down. The action takes place simultaneously, but it might be easier to resolve all attacks against each city one at a time. For example, announce all attacks that target the orange player city number one, then the blue player city number one, and so on. Oh man, both of you. So remove your screens. Dun dun dun. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> and we should have the video. Okay. You did it to. You did it to mommy too. Okay, but there are two people. So if two players have fired missiles at each other on the same vector, what did Sophie fire? Sophie's at? dead. Those missiles collide in midair and oh, are destroyed. So Sophie and Jill have pretty much canceled each other out, except for one city each. Dad, you have to do it too. But then I took out I that city for Sophie, I think. Wait, I took out Mommy's five. I had one on five, too. Okay. So me and Mom have no more missiles left on our boards. And do, how many cities do you have left? All of them collided. They all collided? You all canceled each other out completely? Yeah. Except I took out one of your cities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number five. So you... No, you took out three, so move your three off. Because ours collide. No, I had one on three. This one. Yeah. So then they these two would have collided, so you have to take the three off. What? This one? No, the three. This one. Okay. <laughs> oh! Jill was just miming an explanation <laughs> of something to Jill. <laughs> Okay. So what's to tell people who are listening this what's happening? Okay, so basically, I tried to attack mommy, but all of ours canceled out. Except for number three. For number three. Yeah. So. But I had one on number three, so I had to put mine on number three. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, mom had to show you how to do. Oh, and then she had okay. Yeah. Oh, so you got number six. Flip it. So yeah. I flip so over number six. Jill, or Sophie's number six city was destroyed. She flipped over her card. What does the card say? It says, steal up to three GDP each from up to two different players. I need to steal money. Okay. Sophie, how but do you first we have to figure out what of your stuff I destroyed. 
Sophie, what do you feel about this? So, did I? Well, okay. mine cancel out too then? This one? No, he got all of mine because I didn't do anything to cancel out his. But they were all, we all fired on the same cities of yours at the same time, so they canceled each other out except for number five, right? Or two. Sophie's this really one? confused. Okay, number 50. Five. Five. It's five, Dad. Is it upside down? No, it's upside down. Oh, my gosh. Dad is having I'm also the host. I'm though. trying to do host stuff. I'm the cameraman using so, my tablet. Number five. I destroyed Sophie's number five, which I think is their last city. That one. So, Nuh-uh. The only one that Mom destroyed was number six. Wait, how did he destroy my number five? Yeah, let's see it. <laughs> yeah, she's right. But how did he destroy the rest of mine? How do you feel about this, Sophie? It canceled out. Yeah. But the yellow ones only go to you. How do you feel about this? No. Yeah. Sophie's very But they were all in the air at the same time, so they blew each other up. Except for your number five. They collided and they blew mine. up, so they didn't hit... She didn't attack your number five, but I did. So she didn't Mom got you six and Dad got you five. Yep. I don't understand. So you Sophie lost two cities. Now. What? Meanwhile, six and five. Mom is trying to. I did not lose any cities because no one attacked say, me. Wait, I have to read what it says. Pick one opponent and vector destroy the missile there. What does that mean? Sophie's very confused. Well, that's your bonus. I think that means you can use it later. Oh, is it? I think it's like an inter like a interceptor, but it's a card. Yeah. You can use it whenever you want. If you have interceptors available, which no one did in this round, you could use that to protect yourself. This says phase three on it, so I use it in phase three, so it's like an interceptor. But it right. also. And this says, this one says use immediately, so I have to steal money from you immediately. Yeah, except I don't have any. Does mommy have money? We spent it all. No, mommy has ten. <laughs> <laughs> Jill just, or Sophie just stole money from Cheater. Jill using her right card. There. Hold on, I need three, I only need three. You can keep the other seven. So, if a <laughs> missile hits an opponent's city... Even if another player destroyed the same city during the same round, that player receives one scoring token from the supply. So, I get one of these. Jill hit a bunch of Sophie's cities, even though they weren't destroyed. So you get one of these for each of those. And Sophie didn't hit anybody, I don't think. Even if money is very I tried cash. to hit mommy. Oh, well, you, you okay. But it, even though it cancels out, you still get points for that. If your nuke destroys two cities... Okay, nobody, it didn't, that didn't happen to anybody. Alright. So you flipped a card over, and it revealed a city bonus and an adjustment to the GDP gain during f phase four. So that'll kick in in phase four. Dad is busy reading his fancy book. Phase four, collect your money. Now you get your GDP and any other bonuses listed on their destroyed cities. You get two GDP for each city that has not been destroyed. Two. Alright, I have six cities that were not destroyed, so I get I have 12. four, so I get two GDPs, it's two money. What's four times eight? That's a lot of money. I get two eight. Of one. It's eight. 
When your city tile is flipped over, it reveals a city bonus. You get the bonus on your tile. The immediate bonuses are what you use one time. The phase city bonuses happen continually, affecting the player during the indicated phase until the end of the game. So what did your card say again, Sophie? Pick one opponent and vector destroy their missile. So it's like an interceptor. So I guess you can use that any time. No, it says phase three. That's the phase where things get attacked. So you yeah. can use it any time during phase three. Yeah. Game ends at the end of phase three if any player's lost all of your cities. All right. You want to do one more round? Yes. We're doing one more round. Okay. So. Uh, Sophie has. Here's where one you can buy stuff. Points. With the money you just got. How many score points did Dad have? Um. I am going to. I'm buying. I'm going. How much are interceptors again? Five. I'm going to buy an interceptor. I'm buying five of Dad's missile. I'm going to buy. Put it in the middle. Oh, no, wait, you bought it from me. Sorry. I'm going to buy two missiles from. I'm going to buy five from Mom. Jill. That's yellow. Sophie, mom needs a ten bucks. I'm Henry. And I'm going to buy. Dad is ferociously working on this. And then I'm going to buy an interceptor too. He gone. No, I think I'll buy one more missile from. And now I have no money left. Sophie is currently broke. Wait, right. can I put? One of your missiles and one of your missiles on the same. I think you can only put one per space. What? I think there's Selfie something in the book that says you know, there's only so much airspace. So, has everybody made the purchases they would like to make? Yes. All right. So now phase two, put them on your radar screen dun, dun, without showing anybody. No one can see this very ferociously planned space. Okay. Does everyone have their plans? Yes. Alright, remove your screens. Da da da! da, da, da. Who got attacked? Alright, let's look at all the yellow ones first. The yellow ones? I put one on two. I put one on one, two, and three. I put one on two, three, and six. So two and three cancel each other out. But then I got mom six. And I got her one. So let's look at purple. There is Sophie's. Uh, four canceled out, because I also attacked four. What? Didn't you attack four? So you got What four. Mama's saying is Did that you four? both attacked yeah. four. You both attacked my four. They didn't intercept because you. they both came and got me. So, so they, did, they didn't go like... Oh, oh, oh. yes, yes, yes. Thank you. They yes. didn't go like this. They were like... Yes. All right, so your four is destroyed. No, uh, I'm intercepting it. But she has a nuke. <gasps> da, da, da. Can I not intercept the nuke? Well, wait, I think you can. No, big... Wait, is that a four? Because that intercepted missile, but my, it didn't... It intercepted the missile, not the nuke. Hold on, we're checking the manual. 
Mom is ferociously reading the manual to make sure that her findings are correct. If a player has an interceptor available, they can use it to shoot down an incoming missile or nuke, but not both. To use an interceptor, the defending player declares their intent to use an interceptor, then discards the interceptor. The attacking player returns the missile to the supply. If the attacking player is using both a missile and a nuke, the interceptor only destroys the nuke, and the missile continues on. But can I... If the defending player wants to destroy both the missile and the nuke, you have to have two interceptors. So, sorry. You got destroyed. Cameraman... Right what, so my four got destroyed? I have no yes. idea what it means. Also, I'm not here, oh, guys. We both attacked five. I already had right. five, was already destroyed though. In the oh. last round. Oh, okay, well, that was a waste. Five was already destroyed. Um. As you can see. <laughs> heard already number already two, destroyed. is that what you're telling me? No, your number two got destroyed. Mom is being oh, okay. a mom. Okay, I, I wasn't. I was still no, looking no, at Sophie's. Talk. And my number th three. Which oh, All mine collided with the ones he was putting at me. Because I had one and five. And, and my number six. It's a rough round for me. Oof. Um, I guess that's it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, the bonuses I got for my destroyed cities. No additional GDP. Oh, immediate gain 15 GDP from the supply. What? Also, got you. immediate gain one nuke and two interceptors from the supply. Cameraman also got you with that. Phase two, you may buy up to two additional missiles from the supply. All right. Okay, my card says... Rich, what color message do you want? Uh, we'll get there. We are, we're still mm. figuring out bonuses. Mine says you may allocate and fire one missile to an empty vector. Okay. I am not... In phase no three, so that means, means do, do I just get to pick one? I guess so. And just fire it at him? I guess. Ooh, okay. Not till we get there, though. Yes. And Mr. Hand says yes. Jill also had a rough round. She had one card that says you may attack two missiles of the same or different colors in one vector each round. She already had that one for those. Okay, I'll read it anyway. You may move one missile up or down one vector. From now on, you may purchase interceptors for three GDP. What? She did. She gets a discount. It's bargain shopping. So, do we have an idea how the game is played? Yes. Alright. So that's basically Missile Command, the board game. Basically keep going until somebody loses, until everybody loses all their cities, except for one person. Um, and the time limit is around 30 to 40 minutes. So yeah, when I well, yeah if you're, once you know how to play. So, what do we think, so far, of Missile Command, the board game? It's complicated. It is complicated, yes. So we think it's complicated. It is. It's a heartwarming family game about nuclear annihilation. So, alright. Well, I guess that'll do it for this round. See ya. Bye, everybody. Hey, everyone. This is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8 bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge based games for Atari's 8 bit computer line? 
We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. And that's our show. Thanks to the guinea pigs that I got to play this game with me. I'm recording this show all out of order, so I don't actually know who was on the field report. But whoever you were, thank you. Thanks to everyone out there listening. 200 episodes is a nice milestone. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited you guys are here with me. Make sure to tell your friends to listen as well. One way you can do that is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts because it tingles the molecules of the algorithm and it makes it all jumpy and wild and calling attention to itself so that maybe other people will listen to this show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Mike Mann for the Mike Mad Mike, for the Mad Mike Hughes update theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme, which you didn't actually hear this week. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram, because you never know. There might be stuff there. Also, remember, you can call and leave us a voicemail at 563-265-1978 and tell us about any damn thing you want, and there's a good chance I'll play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. You'll find all sorts of stuff there. There's information and links to this show, social media links, information about my other podcast. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown, your monthly stop to suck up all things you could possibly want in and around the Peanuts comic strip universe. Anything about Snoopy and all the rest? we cover over there at that podcast. So go check it out and tell your Snoopy-loving friends to do the same. The website also has information about books that I've written, including it's holiday season coming up. You may want to check out my novel, In the Saint Nick of Time, a Santa Claus story for adults, and my short story collection, Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. If you've been listening to this show for a while, some of those stories might sound kind of familiar. Please consider supporting the show financially by making a donation, becoming a subscriber on the Atari Bytes Patreon page. You can get episodes early. You can get bonus episodes. Uh, I, I know I still owe everybody a bonus episode. Uh, I'm getting there. Uh, just hang tight. I want to say thanks to the patrons that I have now. You guys are awesome. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, and new patron, Sean Courtney. Thanks, Sean. And all the rest. If you guys want to be like Sean and Michael and Jose, go subscribe right now. You might also consider picking up, go play some old games, they've missed you. Shirts and mugs on Zazzle.com, the AB underscore pod underscore store over there, which I kept saying all year I was going to update. 
Uh, I have not yet, but I will at some point. All right, all that's left is to tell you what's next time on Atari Bytes. So let's do that. Next time on Atari Bytes. Slots. And you got to be really careful how you say that. I'm going to guess it's a game with slots in it. And that's all I'm going to tell you. You just have to wait to find out what that means next week. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.